Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra, and so far, our season's theme of Japanese mannerisms have covered pretty much the basics you need to not offend anyone when you go to Japan, regardless for work or holiday. We struggle to fit all the topics of Japanese etiquette in the limited episodes we have in the season, since we're all aware that Japanese culture has quite the fair share of unique customs. But we try our best to share with you as much as possible. And on that note, today's topic will cover a few special occasions along with the unique customs and mannerisms that come with them. I think every culture has a certain way of doing things for these occasions, and it's no different in Japan. In fact, depending on the region as well, things can be done quite differently. Over at our various social media platforms, we have launched a Tour of Japan campaign. Until the end of the month, we zoom into Kanto before moving to a different region next month. Now, back onto the focus for today, we'll look at three types of occasions weddings, funerals, and home visits. Yes, the last one is sort of an occasion on its own, so you have to tune in to the second half of this episode to know more. Now, let's get into it. Weddings are, without a doubt, a big event. We discussed what happens at a Japanese wedding in Season 2, Episode 9, Ceremonial Stages of Life. Anyway, some of us are at that age where we're getting invites to our friends' Kekkon Shiki Wedding Ceremony or Kekkon Hiroen Wedding Reception. I know I get low-key depressed when I see Instagram stories of weddings every other weekend. But hey, before I go into a deep pet of self-pity, we're here to talk about how to behave according to Japanese mannerisms when at a Japanese wedding. Traditionally, Japanese weddings take place at shrines and follow the customs of Shinto religion. But white weddings, where Japanese couples have a modern wedding in a chapel, are becoming more common. They're usually extremely private, with only family members and a select few guests present. But everyone else is invited to the Hiroen, the wedding celebration. So you first have to RSVP. You'll be given a wedding invite with a reply slip to send back. Fill this one in and post it back, regardless of whether or not you're going. After RSVPing, the tricky part comes in preparing the wedding gift. And by gift, I mean Goshugi gift money. On average, it's three bills of 10,000 yen. Yep, 30,000 yen, which is about 300 US dollars. If you're the boss to the bride or groom, oof, tough luck, you've got to fork out about 50,000 yen instead. While the amount you give is not fixed, Even numbered amounts are avoided because this can imply the idea of being split. Now, the wedding gift has to be in a Goshugi Bokuro, a standard envelope for weddings, which you can easily get at a konbini. Oh, and even if you can't attend, you're still expected to give Goshugi, just slightly lesser. Now that we have that important bit out of the way, you're set to not totally embarrass yourself. Put on the nice suit or the elegant dress and enjoy yourself at the wedding celebration. You might even find hikigashi or hikidemono on your seat at the banquet, which is a gift for the guests. Hikigashi is often sweets and pastries, and hikidemono are fancy gifts like cutlery or glasses. And I mean, it goes without saying to be on your best behavior during the wedding, like any other wedding you attend, even at the nijikai, the after party, if you're invited to that. And if you are, prepare another 10,000 yen, even though you have to control yourself and not drink too much. And that's pretty much the basics of Japanese wedding etiquette. As long as the koshugi is prepared, you won't really get much else wrong. Here's a quick vocab recap Kekkon Shiki, wedding ceremony. Kekkon Hiroen, wedding reception. Both words contain kekkon, 
which means wedding. To say to marry, it's kekkonsuru. Goshugi, money gift. Goshugi bukuro, envelope for the money gift. Hikigashi, wedding gift for guests that contain pastries and sweets. Hikidemono, wedding gifts for guests that contain cutlery or glasses. Nijikai, wedding after party. Now the next one we'll look at is funeral etiquette. It's not a joyous occasion, but an event nonetheless. Some may say it's a celebration of one's life, but when they have passed. Every culture has their own rituals for burial services, and in Japan, unlike weddings, which is usually Shinto, funerals follow Buddhist customs. If you're invited to a Japanese funeral, kokubetsu shiki or ososhiki, dress in full black. Bring with you juzu or Buddhist prayer beads. On top of that, don't forget the koden, which is condolence money for the family of the deceased. The amount is usually used to pay for the funeral, and it can be anywhere from 5,000 yen to 30,000 yen. Similar to wedding money gifts, only give odd numbers, and definitely avoid the number 4, as the word in Japanese is shi, which also means death. There are two days of visiting, the actual funeral day, and the day before the funeral ceremony, which is the ceremonial wake. Friends, other than close friends, are expected to only attend one of the days and not both. During the Otsuya, the wake, a Buddhist priest would be present to chant a sutra while the bereaved offer incense. Nowadays, those who can't make it to the funeral go to the wake. Afterwards, there's the Okiyome, where guests eat and drink and talk about the good old times. The funeral day is similar, just without the Okiyome, and instead include the cremation ceremony, a significant part of the Buddhist faith which is usually conducted with family only. If you want to know more about Japanese funerals, give Season 2, Episode 9 a listen. We also talked about procedures of Japanese funerals in the episode. Now, for a quick vocab recap. Kokubetsushiki or Ososhiki, funeral service. Otsuya, ceremonial wake. It literally means to pass the night. Okiyome, the meal where friends and family talk about the good old times. Juzu, Buddhist beats. Koden, condolence money. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you've aced. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? The third occasion you should be mindful of the customs is when visiting other people's houses. Some of you might be waiting for the reason as to why this is an occasion. That's because being invited to someone's house is considered an honour, and many Japanese people regard their own homes as being too humble to entertain guests. Before entering someone's house, if you have a coat or hat on, it's polite to remove them before the host opens the door. Similarly, when leaving, it's better to put them on only when the host has closed their doors. So that's step number one. Step number two is to leave your shoes at the door. 
unlike some Western houses, you don't wear your outdoor shoes in any Japanese homes. Instead, you leave them at the genkan, which are entryways at the door. You often arrange the shoes to face the door after taking them off and not step on the ground of the genkan. Hop directly onto the elevated area, which is considered as part of the house. Most of the time, your hosts will offer you house slippers called uwabaki. And if they don't, socks are okay too in informal situations. Here's a tip. This no-shoe rule also applies to ryokans, which are Japanese-style inns, and any other indoor facilities too. So you might want to carry around a nice fresh pair of white socks. And any suitcase or luggage with wheels that you have should be carried instead of pulled. Especially so with tatami rooms. This is to not only protect the flooring, but also not to carry dirt from outside into the house. And well, other than that, basic visiting rules apply. Be polite guests and have a blast with your friends. Now, on to our final vocab recap. Genkan, entryways where you leave your outdoor shoes. Uwabaki, indoor shoes. Tatami, a type of Japanese mat. Ryokan, Japanese-style inns. There you have a rundown of three different occasions in Japan with three different sets of etiquette. Which situation is the most different from your own culture? Tell us your thoughts by commenting on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, head over to the Nihongo Master blog if you're interested in reading up on topics like these some more. And if you're keen on paying up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto our official website, nihongomaster.com, to learn more. While you're at it, why not get yourself a subscription? Get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongo Master. And thank you so much for listening in. Join me in the next one, where I'll be walking down the avenue of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne!